Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. I am Tom. We are Team Binge. We are back to talk about another desert island. I guess to depart for another desert island. <laughs> As we are waiting for the next seasons of things to show up, we like to do these exercises. So this desert island is sci-fi movies. And you'd think we gave ourselves a little bit tighter parameters than that. Tom asked for tighter parameters, but we said no. Because we don't make the rules. This is what was handed down to us from on high. So mm -hmm. we are going to talk Desert Island sci-fi movies. And then we've got some categories that we'll hop into just to make it a little bit more fun. Tom, I did not have as much fun with this as I thought I was going to. Just because it was difficult. And you know me. I don't like difficult things. I like, mm -hmm. I like an easy ride. You know, easy rider. My number one choice <laughs> for this. It's not a sci-fi sci movie. No, I don't think so. And I've never seen it. But was this difficult for you? Listen, we had an early conversation talking about, well, let's do another desert island. What do you want to do? And I said, I will do anything, whatever you are passionate about. And you are all about sci-fi. Let's do some sci-fi movies. You had some clever ideas about these little fun categories, which we'll get into, that I thought could be fun. Um, I went and looked at the Rotten Tomatoes, like top 150 sci-fi movies, scrolled through the full list to get an understanding of kind of some of the top ones and i did struggle i felt like i was able to come up with my list pretty easily i like these movies that i picked i like the category stuff and i i had a good time and i think i'm gonna have a good time tonight but you're worrying me a little bit buddy okay well the court of public opinion which we always throw ourselves at the mercy <laughs> of will probably get you real good when you find out all your choices are terrible gotcha but girls are gonna get me the <laughs> the gotcha girls are going to get you. Yes, that's right. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, the premise of this is simple. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm so sorry. But the premise of this is simple. You're stuck on a desert island. What three movies are you taking with you? Um, some rules that we've put into place is that Tom and I can't pick the same thing. There's a middle island where these movies are stored. And so you there's only one copy. And so I am very much afraid that we are going to step on each other's coconut-covered feet um, <laughs> because that's what our footwear is made out of on these islands. And so I would actually like to go first. I typically <laughs> like to let you go first. Please, uh, lead off. I would, I would hop in and at least get one of mine before you kind of destroy... My choice is here. So I'm going to start off strong. I'm going to start off with a movie that we talked about kind of in one of the other Desert Island ones, but I'm taking The Matrix, Tom. Mm, okay. This is 1999. It's Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Joe Pantaleone, maybe. <laughs> and um, I'm forgetting Trinity's name off the top of my head, but Carrie something, I believe. She is wonderful. This movie, I I don't know if I saw this in theaters. If I didn't, shame on me. It was rated R. So in 99... Was this R? Yeah, it's, R. it's, it's R. I would have had to... I would have had to sneak, I think, in order to see it in theaters. So I want to say mm. I saw this at someone's house. Once again, sneaking. Probably that <laughs> uncle that wasn't really an uncle that was constantly like, hey, come over and hang out in the basement with me. But anyways, really enjoyed this movie. <laughs> and uh, just uh, blew my mind in terms of what it could do, like technology-wise, the world it mm -hmm. built. Did you see this in the theaters? Was Matrix on your radar for this, Tom? Um, I didn't put it on my radar because of the fact that I brought it for the previous Desert Island. And what did I do it for? Desert Island thriller i can't remember what i did this Nin for 90s movies probably just right? 90s okay but yeah i mean i i can't i can't dog this just choice because i would have brought it as well but I, I i did not go i did not go the matrix i'm sorry you did not even consider it when i think of sci-fi movies this is one of the i considered I considered. I had it on my list, but I didn't want to do a repeat from my previous Desert Island, so I picked up some other ones. Tom, do you remember the scene in the movie where they're shooting the bullets at him and the mm -hmm. bullets go by him? Do you remember that scene in the movie? Because that's why The Matrix is awesome. And 
they I feel like the first Matrix was really good where we had talked about this the the effects were just something else they had never really been done before in the camera work once they got into like the second and third one it started to get into that uncanny valley where they were trying to do like full CGI of Hugo Weaving and Keanu Reeves and it like kind of looked bad and doesn't look great nowadays I think this first movie did a good job of finding that balance and I think you can go back and watch it and still still enjoy it and appreciate the effects. Well, when's the last time you watched The Matrix? Because it hasn't been that long since I've watched it. And I'll tell you, it holds up. It still looks yeah. good. It still mm-hmm. moves quickly. It's one that I have watched a lot in my life and will continue to watch on my desert island where I own it and you can't borrow it. And I'll, <laughs> by the way, I'm not taking the trilogy of Matrix movies because you're right. The other ones were not great. I'm just taking the first one. The other mm-hmm. two can stay in the middle island bargain bin and you can have them. <laughs> I bet you're going to pick like the third one or second one because you're going <laughs> to zag where everyone else would zig. And uh, her name's Carrie Ann Moss. I just want to point that out. She's wonderful. There it is. Yeah, I get know. to spend time on an island with Trinity. I'm not. Who's going to complain about that? Not this guy. No Am way. I going to be dressed up in black leather the whole time? <laughs> you betcha. Just me on an island with coconut flip-flops and uh, black leather uh, onesie that I've gotten. And Sweet Shades. I mean, was there a better movie? Name one movie that was better for sunglasses and cool cell phones than The Matrix. I'll wait. (laughs) Um, I'll go ahead and uh, give you a movie, which is my number one pick that had better cell phones. I don't know if it had better cell phones, but it definitely had better glasses. I chose for my number one spy an inventive, funny, and breathlessly constructed is a rousing time travel adventure with an unforgettable spirit. I chose Back to the Future, 1985. Robert Zemeckis, Michael J. Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Crispin Glover. This to me is, you know, it's 1985. This is the year that I was born. I'll date myself a bit. So it's it was, it was a little dated by the time I got around to it, but it's just a movie that I love, I think is fantastically written. Like to your point about pacing, I think it's paced really well. I could probably take all three of these movies with me to a desert island, but I chose just this this top one because uh, it was great. The way it dealt with time travel um, and the performances, it was a lot of fun. And and maybe I'm getting this wrong because this Back to the Future probably didn't have the greatest of sunglasses, but I felt like Back to the Future 2 had those like really cool sunglasses. And I want to say maybe I got like a pair in like a cereal box at one point that had like triangles on it and neon colors. Like that's that's my jam. Tom, when's the last time you watched Back to the Future? Oh, recently. Probably six months ago. Okay. Okay. And it held up. You enjoyed it. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. And like, to be, be great it's, if it's you a were nostalgia. Like, it'd be great if you were like, actually, I, you're right. I didn't like it. So that, <laughs> that would have been a great twist. But you didn't go It's there. a nostalgia pick for me because it's like I grew up watching this. I think my older brother could recite the entire movie and not just like quote it. Like he could recite it and write the whole script down if he wanted to. So it was just kind of one of those that was always on and I never really tired of it. Huh. It's funny how older siblings will affect your movie taste in that way, because a lot of mm-hmm. times that's how you're exposed to. There's a movie we're going to talk about later in this that is very much an older brother exposed me to it. That doesn't sound right. Uh, <laughs> exposed me to the movie. And anyways, Tom wasn't on my radar. Didn't even... Okay. my. I understand there is a lot of love for Back to the Future. I feel like Back to the Future is older than me in terms of Mm -hmm. i i know i've seen it Uh, there's never been a point in my life where i was like you know what i'm really jonesing for some back to the future uh mainly because the title's confusing but that's fine (laughs) so i'm glad you liked it i'm glad once again i thought we were going to cross streams but doesn't look like we're going to cross streams in Mm -hmm. fact i think you and i are going to be very far apart on this and it makes me feel good because i know i'm going to win so I don't know how you win this exercise. You but. said crossing streams. Are you are you hinting at did you choose Ghostbusters? Is that oh, it, that's a sci-fi. Oh, it'd be a great transition. I would be a <laughs> great podcaster if I and I had the same thought. Oh, I should just shoehorn Ghostbusters in here. But uh, once again, not. Uh, it's I, a bit no. early, right? It's early '80s or or late '80s or whatever. It's it wasn't what we grew up with. So I kind of had it from my brothers. Right. But I, I, again, I didn't choose Ghostbusters. I just thought you might pigeonhole it in. No, no, no. And I just don't think ghosts and spirits are a joke. That's all. I think we should take them serious. And it's like uh, Ted Lasso. Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to believe in themselves. <laughs> believe in themselves. There's a deep cut. <laughs> all right, Tom. I went first. You can you can go second. 
Okay, I'll give my number two. This smart, innovative, and thrilling movie is a rare summer blockbuster that succeeds viscerally as well as intellectually. I'm talking about the 2010 Christopher Nolan joint, Inception. Nice. Very nice. Inception, to me, is just such a cool movie. It's... Like so many movies are like the same plot rehashed over and over again. This concept and the way it was written by Christopher Nolan, I thought was so trippy and so well done. It is a movie I think you can watch over and over again because you're constantly picking up like little things like when they're in a dream, when they're within the dream of the dream. Uh, Obviously a fantastic cast with Leo DiCaprio, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Elliot Page, Cillian Murphy, among just to name just a few. So it's up there for one of my favorites and I can watch this over and over again. It's a great movie. It's on my list. Not I did not choose it. I had a question about what defines sci-fi. And Lord knows I'm not prepared to get into it. But <laughs> I was like, Inception doesn't have any spaceships. There's no real like strong technology to it. I guess you could say the sleeping machines are maybe a technology. I would argue, I would argue that's a very science fiction-y type of uh, concept, but go on. Sure. No, no, no. I'm not saying you're wrong, and I'm not saying it doesn't fall in this category. Kind of sounds you, like it. I think, I think if you look it up, <laughs> it is a sci-fi movie. But I was like, okay, am I going heavy like... I don't know. Am I having? Uh, there's no aliens in it. There's no space. Not the space is real. Um, but <laughs> the, um, and that's what makes fiction. You know, science fiction. Space isn't real. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, the so I, I, it's a great movie. It was on my list. I guess it's not. I just wonder if when people think of sci-fi, whether or not Inception is one that they go to, or whether or not it's just a. Uh, I, I had know. I had the same conversation with my wife, like asking like what was her top sci-fi's, and she's not a sci-fi fan in general. But like I told her, like science fiction is just that; it's something that does not exist in our real world. So it doesn't have to be space and lasers and robots and that kind of stuff to be considered science fiction. But but I hear I certainly understand your sentiment. I'm not, and once again, I'm not arguing with you. I think it's a great pick. It's a great movie. Uh, in in terms of like how it's acted, I've watched it recently and. I think you and I uh, have had discussions about our love for Christopher Nolan's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could start naming them right now, but <laughs> we won't. Uh, but and I'm not even a big oh man, I'm not even a big Leonardo DiCaprio guy, but he's great in that movie. And you get Tom Hardy doing just mm-hmm. charming Tom Hardy stuff, which is. A lot of fun. And then Tom Berenger. Tom Berenger. When's the last time you got to see Tom Berenger other than in Gettysburg where he plays Longstreet? <laughs> Good call. Good call back. <laughs> Everything goes back to Longstreet. Um, All right, so I there like you go. That's, that's my number two. What do, what do you got for number two? All right. I didn't do movie phone voice introductions for all of mine. So you, you did should have. yours. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I would be pressing one, and I would be getting tickets for The Edge of Tomorrow. Um, I think Ooh. there's more to that title. It's like Live, Die, Repeat, Die, Live. No, that was the whole thing. It's Tom like Tom Cruise, it, McQuarrie, everybody made, Joint, <laughs> produced Everybody made by. fun of the movie because of the title being so goofy, because like all the posters very prominently said, like, Live Today, Die Tomorrow, or something like that. Um, but anyway, sorry, I interrupted. No, it's okay. Edge of Tomorrow, if you haven't seen it, which I'm sure most of our audience has, is a Tom Cruise movie that's not a Mission Impossible movie. (laughs) Although there is some overlap in terms of Christopher McQuarrie, who writes and directs the Mission Impossible movies as of late, was a writer on this. It's directed by Doug Liman, who uh, did Born Identity. And then he did a movie. I don't know where your opinion lies on this, but I have a deep, deep love for a little movie called Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm, um, I do know this about you. Yeah. He, he directed that movie. And so great action movie director. I think my idea, kind of like with Groundhog's Day on our other desert island, is the premise of Edge of Tomorrow is he's literally living the same day over and over again. It's got this fun like video game feel where he's got to... I mean, if this was a video game, I'd pop smoke on it immediately. I I can't stand <laughs> games that are like grinded out and trying. That's why Elden Rings has got about half an hour of playtime. 
on my <laughs> Xbox. Those are some video game nerd comments, but <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow, great action. It's got Emily Blunt. I'm huge fan of Emily Blunt, and uh, I don't know. Just very cool action. I think the back end of it, which I don't remember all that well, is kind of your typical sci-fi, they've got to beat the big bad in the end. Mm-hmm. But everything like in the beginning, it's just Tom Cruise being charming, dying over and over again, which he doesn't let himself do in any other movie. In this movie, he gets killed repeatedly <laughs> uh, and enjoys it. But I think he ultimately knew he was going to you know, live to the end. So just a, just a fun movie. Do you have thoughts mm-hmm. on Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah, that made my honorable mention. Wasn't in my top three, but definitely made my honorable mention to your point. Like, great acting. I thought it was a very fun, unique story. I like the timey-wimey aspect of it. It is interesting that you chose another Desert Island movie that, similar to Groundhog Day, is just repeating the same thing over and over again, which I imagine might drive you a little crazy on a Desert Island, having to watch not only the same movie over and over again, but then the same sequences happening over in the movie. Maybe that's, like, your plan. You're trying to relive yourself living on the island over and over again which you know inception style very well done sure yes thank you it is all intentional because i can go from (laughs) groundhog's day to edge of tomorrow to groundhog's day to edge of tomorrow although ultimately if all of our desert island choices we get them from all the other categories (laughs) i think the exercise kind of falls through (laughs) because we've got 400 movies on this desert island well, let's be know. honest. Every category we've ever chosen for these desert island things, we're generally picking two to three anyways. So sure. we don't stick to our rules. Sure. There, there is a return policy with the parrot at the middle island. That's right. That's right. All right. So let's go on to choice number three. And this one is, I don't know if you're going to, uh, I don't know if you're going to agree with me that this is a sci-fi movie. Uh, mainly because the creatures in it are maybe more fantasy uh, mm-hmm. because they never existed. But I'm going with Jurassic Park, the 1993 mm. Spielberg movie. I know dinosaurs aren't real. Uh, they're just <laughs> something that someone put the bones in the ground for us to discover. I don't want to get into it right now. But great movie, very rewatchable. I've watched it, I don't know, hundreds of times. Still holds up, even though it's like early dinosaur CGI and still practical. Um, A lot of fun, you know, acting. And and, uh, you get to see Newman get his comeuppance from that dinosaur that spits glue. And uh, (laughs) I've uh, I've always enjoyed that. So Jurassic Park, this, I mean... I would argue this is a nostalgia pick for me because this was a movie that we had on VHS and got the fact that the tape didn't go bad is incredible. <laughs> yeah, I think this is what I picked for our 90s Desert Island. And again, can't can't harm this pick. But it's, it's interesting that you would say this is, you're considering this sci-fi, but not so much Inception. Because I'm with you. I still think this falls in the sci-fi category, but isn't the robot, you know, laser beam type sci-fi that I thought you were trying to adhere to. Unless, unless the dinosaurs are like spewing laser beams out of their eyes, because that'd be pretty dope. Well, Tom, I don't want to break any news to you, but (laughs) if you know where dinosaurs originally came from, space, then this fits into the sci-fi category. Mm, Um, Okay. I've been watching a lot of the History Channel, which is now just TV shows about ancient aliens, and (laughs) dinosaurs came from space. You ever (laughs) seen Dino Riders, Tom? Uh, that's an old cartoon from our childhood. Yeah. Weren't the dinosaurs on the Ark? Noah's Ark? Well, only two of them. Um, okay. A, a, a male and a female one so that they could repopulate <laughs> uh, the rest of the world. But they got here right. by spaceship. Anyways, was Noah's Ark a spaceship? I don't know. I don't know what Genesis says about it. Who knows? Uh, we'll never All know. All right, but I, I, I like it. I, I think you got a solid top three, and uh, I would I would watch all those films. But um, Did, Can I interrupt you real fast? You made a comment. No. Did I pick two of your movies from our 90s Desert Island? Am I just yeah. borrowing from your island? Yeah, you did. You think when we record a podcast, we want to give the audience a little bit different conversation each time? But no, no, no. We can, we can just have the same exact conversation if it's you this time around. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, you'd think I'd be better at this. This is what I'm saying. This was difficult for me. Give your third one, and then I'll talk about some honorable mentions. 
Uh, So the third one is one that did not immediately come to mind. But as I was doing research for this, I'm like, oh, yes, I loved this movie. So it's a 2014 movie, uh, leans heavier on ideas than effects, but it's still a visually polished piece of work and an uncommonly engaging sci-fi feature. I chose the Alex Garland 2014 movie Ex Machina. Dom Hall Gleason, Oscar Isaac, and Alicia Vikander. I loved this movie. I thought it was just so simplistic in its presentation. Oscar Isaac is just giving this performance that is just so unnerving and creepy as he's just testing out, you know, this, this Dom Hall Gleason and Dom Hall is fantastic. We, I think we talked about whatever this, that show on Hulu we watched recently, the patient, I think Mm -hmm. where he kind of plays like a murder. The guy is just all sorts of talent. And then obviously Alicia Vikander is so good playing this AI trying to learn and become a real person. It's just, it's cool. It's it's a cool movie. It shot really well. I really like Alex Garland. He did some other kind of trippy sci-fi things like Annihilation that I really dug. But Ex Machina, I would put up there with one I would very much enjoy watching over and over again. See, I really like the movie too. It is a great movie. But Tom, stuck on a desert island, do you think you're do you think you're watching Ex Machina over and over again? I don't I don't know. That one's that one's dark. It's got a dark. Okay, that's fair. It's, it's got, got, dark... got dark twists. Again, I figure if I watch this enough, maybe I can build my own AI robot. That's my thought. Will it happen? I don't know. It's like what I chose Breaking Bad. Can I make blue meth? I don't know. But the only way I'll know for sure is if I watch this 5,000 times. Yeah, my issue is I. if you had Ex Machina on, on repeat, and you were like, hey, man, come on over and hang out, I'd be like, nope, you're going you're gonna to kill me and make <laughs> me into a robot. And then I don't look nearly as good as the robot in that movie. So, well, you um, wouldn't be a robot; you'd be a cyborg. So, strikes one and two. I, well, I'd be a dead corpse stuffed with coconuts that you <laughs> claim is science. So, I I'll touch I I'll touch be, the coconut and I'll be like, I, like science. I would be very lumpy, more lumpy than I am now. It would be the uh, all right. I, I like it. It's a fair, no, I hear you. It's a fair point. It's it's a movie I very much enjoy, and it could be one that I might get a little tired of, but I, I loved it so much when I saw it running through the sci-fi list. It was it was on my, it was it made my top three. It's Any a, other honorable mentions? Yeah, I mean, I thought about the Aliens movies, uh, one, two, and three, recently watched them. They're all great, but once again, pretty dark, pretty grim, and they're more horror in terms mm-hmm. of, and I'm like, if I'm in the dark on a small island with one <laughs> coconut tree and a murderer, a, an island over who's trying to make me into a robot, then I would probably not pick those. The Martian came to mind. I don't know where you land mm. on The Martian as a sci-fi a movie, but yeah. that one might hit too close to home because you're stuck on a desert island wondering if you're ever going to get rescued, <laughs> and he's stuck on Mars wondering if he's ever going to get rescued. Got to science the heck out of it. Yep, and then the last one I'll mention was Independence Day. I gave Independence mm. Day some thought because it is, you know, a lot of fun. It's one I watched a ton when I was a kid. But in light of, you know, that uh, guy slapping all those people, I didn't know whether or not I could justify uh, having Independence <laughs> Day on my desert it's island. True. And then the only other one I want to mention was Looper. But I've only seen that one time, and I really liked it, but I've never gone back, so... Probably not great to take to a desert island because I might discover on the third watch I hate it, and then I've only got two movies. So <laughs> I put Looper on there too as a potential honorable mention. I think it was a really cool, like the the, the practical effects they had for Joseph Gordon-Levitt and like the makeup to make him look like a younger Bruce Willis was just super cool. And again, it was a fun, interesting, unique story you hadn't hadn't seen before. The only other one that you didn't mention that I had on mine would be District Nine. As a Neil Blomkamp movie, which I just thought was so cool. Like the way they blended the alien special effects where they're just kind of like these bug creatures, but are very like humanoid. Um, And the way they reacted to it, like it's kind of being like, what would we really do if aliens get stranded on here and like more or less treat them like, you know, third world citizens and put them in camps. And like, it was just a really interesting take. And is it Shartlow, Sharto, Copley? Uh, there's been a handful of those movies. He's just a fantastic and fun actor. So, um, yeah, those are my those are my top lists. 
Yeah, I thought about that one, but I was like, ah, do I want to be taught a lesson about humanity every time I watch a movie? And I was like, no, nah, let's just watch The Matrix. That doesn't teach me anything. <laughs> so, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Categories we went to. And by the way, for those of you that are listening and want to play along, we'd love to hear your top three choices. I'm sure there are people out there that are screaming at their car radios their cb radios uh whatever (laughs) it is they listen to this on uh that we did not mention one of the great sci-fi movies um but hold off because we're going to go through some other categories and your movie might be mentioned but we'd love to hear from you Uh, you can send us your list at teambingepodcast at gmail.com or i like how news articles do this on x formerly known as twitter like (laughs) <laughs> As if the world doesn't know what they mean. Um, it's like a passive-aggressive way that newspapers are like, we can't believe you changed the name, dummy. Um, anyways, our categories, Tom, are coolest world. So you take a sci-fi movie and it's like the coolest universe. Coolest. Oh, wait, wait, okay. wait a minute. Okay, yep, go no, ahead. No, I, I, took it, I took it a different direction. I thought like physically the coldest so okay okay keep going keep going keep going so you're going with torture what is it scorcher four uh who left the (laughs) fridge open from tropic thunder Thunder. that's what you're going with no i want snow snow piercer but anyways keep going keep going and then he saved the world four more (laughs) times all right anyways coolest crew so a lot of these sci-fi movies because they're on spaceships although some of them aren't you get to hang out with a crew And it was like, all right, what crew would I want to hang out with the most? And then we chose one that was no thank you, which just means you couldn't pay me $40 billion to go live in this world because it just seems so terrible. Uh, So no thank you. And then the last (laughs) one was, where do you think you'd thrive? If you were thrown into one of these worlds, where do you think would be your jam where you would just be like, this sounds awesome? And so, oh, Tom, we've done something terrible. Go. No. Tom, we have not mentioned Star Wars at any point during the course of this conversation. We haven't and... done we haven't done anything terrible. Okay. All right. We're fine then. I, okay. Listen, good, good, Star good. Wars Star Wars is fine. It, it's fine. You know, you know, email us, chat our uh, social media, whatever, <laughs> tell us we're wrong, but it's fine. It's it's fine. Star Trek? <laughs> Star Trek? It's fine. It's fine. Oh wow. Okay, okay, okay. Um Ooh, you can direct those. Just put attention, Tom, in your emails, please, so that I don't have to read them. Listen, All maybe right. they'll come up in our, our categories. So so you, you start us off. What's the coolest world? What world would you want to be in? Okay, see, here's what I want to define here. Is it coolest world in terms of, hey, that concept was like awesome that they created it? Or is it like coolest world where it would be fun to live in? How did you take this? I took it as the coolest world that you are living in because that's what you told me to do. Okay, wonderful. And uh, (laughs) these rules were set way before Tom and I got a hold of them. So, um, okay, here's what I chose. And uh, based on what you just said, you're not going to agree with me. But I'm taking the Star Trek 2009 J.J. Abrams movie, the world that they built in that um Mm. there is something first off i really like that movie i think it's extremely well done i know the timey-wimey stuff gets confusing in it Uh, but like i didn't grow up on star trek i don't think i other than being forced to be in a sci-fi club in like middle school and they played some star (laughs) tracks i never watched the tv show i love jj abrams uh, I, I, Chris Pine, uh, everyone else in this movie was uh, just very charming and very fun. I like the idea of like, hey, you're an explorer vessel. You get to go to all these crazy places. And instead of wiping everyone out, you're like providing humanitarian aid or discovery, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So I, I like that idea of a world where inevitably they get into some 
I mean, you can't bring peace without bringing a little war, right? I mean, that's just a that's a proverb from the good book, but uh, several different good books, in fact. That's scientific uh, fact, scientific not sci-fi. Fact. Like, so, so, anyways, I I just. Uh, I don't like the idea of being away from my family for like years and years and years <laughs> if Interstellar has taught me anything, but I do like just the world they build. There's a lot of cool aliens. And I think this conversation makes me think about like Star Wars, whether or not Star Wars was kind of the same. But uh, mm-hmm. I'll let you go. What what was your coolest world? No, I'll just make a point. I think I, I grew up more on Star Trek than I did Star Wars. Our family was really big into Next Generation and Patrick Stewart as our Picard. Like, we got around the TV on whatever night that aired and we would watch. So I know that universe. I know that world. I think I like what you're saying. And, and the updated version of it, I think, was was fun and paid good homage to a lot of the, the previous Star Trek. So it's it's a fine pick. Um, my coolest world. <laughs> again, fine it's fine. Pick. It's fine. It's fine. All right. All right. Uh, my pick is maybe a little out there. And I went with Blade Runner, 1982 Blade Runner. Okay. I feel like the aesthetic of these is just so cool and trippy. And this, you know, the 1982 version of like what they thought the future was going to be with like high rises everywhere, constantly raining, neon lights on everything, and just like street vendors and robots serving our every whim. Like it, it's. I feel like it's just so interesting, unique. I feel like I'm kind of a tech nerd at heart and would love the oddball tech that the 1980s thought we'd have in the future. I think that'd be a fun world to live in. Sure, sure. So I watched Blade Runner for the first time probably like in the last two years or something like that. I had not seen it growing up. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was like moody and trippy. I understand why it's like a sci-fi classic. Mm-hmm. But I have this picture in my mind, and sorry for spoiling a 50-year-old movie, but <laughs> at the very end, the bad guy gets like shot in slow motion and a dove flies and it's like raining. And um, it I, I don't know. It was a very strange, almost John Woo-ish um, <laughs> With all the birds flying, but maybe I watched a weird director's cut. I don't know. I didn't. There is there is a weird director's cut that I think either goes on longer or has a change entirely at the end. I don't know enough about. It. Like I I didn't pick this movie to be my favorite. I think it's again it's fine, but I like the idea of this world and just like the not steampunk, but just like the goofy it's... weird futuristic. It's like really slummy, Tom. It's like you get a, like robots will let you do. You're like <laughs> Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. You want that fully articulating robot um, <laughs> that he talks about all creepily. I don't. I don't. Uh, okay, uh, fine. Fun. I won't judge you based on your wrong choice. Thank you. Um, I appreciate. I'm that. trying to go to other worlds and spread humanitarian effort and aid. Maybe a little religion. If they'll listen, otherwise we'll throw them off the ship. But yeah, okay. And you just want to go to a slummy, rainy town. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love some rain. Listen, I live in the desert, man. If I can get some rain, sounds lovely. It hasn't rained in forever out here. <laughs> it shan't ever rain again. All right, let's go to coolest crew, Tom. I will pass the torch to you, my friend. Who you're watching these movies? You're like, man, if I was hanging out with those guys, that would just be the. Bees knees, as you like to say in most sci-fi movies. All right. I don't know if you could really call this. This isn't like a Star Trek kind of crew where you have like the normal five, six people. This is a movie that I I very much enjoy. I think it's very funny and silly uh, based off a book written by Douglas Adams. I'm going Hitchhiker's Guide of the Galaxy. Nice. You got Cephod Beetlebrox, Ford Perfect, played by most deaf, Trillian, Zoe Deschanel, Marvin the Paranoid Android, played the voice acted by Alan Rickman, which I love. And then Eddie the Computer, voiced by, I didn't even realize this, by Tom Lennon. It's just, they're just a wacky, goofy crew. I mean, you open up the doors in the spaceship and they go, ah. Like, it just <laughs> seems, it seems lovely. Um, and I feel like it'd just be, it'd be a fun, fun gang to hang around, especially uh, Zephod. He's just Sam Rockwell really going for it in this movie and it's a lot of fun. Tom, I've got something to admit. I've never mm-hmm. seen it. I never oh, seen it. Oh, you haven't. I think you I have tried to. to read the book and I couldn't. 
I couldn't do it. So it's wacky. Like even the movie, it like jumps all around the place. You could tell it's written like it is based off of a book. The sure. way some of the scenes are shot, but everybody that's acting it, it just really goes for it, and it's a lot of fun. And I didn't it, mention. I think it's got Martin Freeman in it too, but he kind of plays the the fish out of water. It's very British, right? In terms of humor, am I wrong on that? It, I, it's written by I British feel like guys, it, is it not? Yeah, I think it does have quite a bit of like slapsticky kind of stuff. So yeah, I, but I couldn't tell you exactly who wrote okay. directed it. All right, well that is a great choice. Uh, even though I haven't seen the movie, so I can't judge it one way or another. It could be a terrible. <laughs> it was choice. a fine choice. It was a fine choice. It was an average choice. It was a choice I can't speak to. What I can speak to is the crew that I want to hang out with. Now, mm-hmm. my gut said the Matrix crew, but since we've already been chastised for picking the Matrix. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to pick my actual number one choice, uh, which is a movie I really liked and the world turned on it and whatever. Uh, you can send me your emails. Uh, but I'm going to hang out with J-Law and Chris Pratt as a passenger on the movie Passengers. What? Here's how this plays what? out. There's nobody right? in this movie. Here's how this plays out. There's a crew out. of three. Here's, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Chris Pratt wakes up accidentally in his little space pod. Obviously, he releases J-Law. That's the whole movie. In mm-hmm. my version, as he's walking around, he's like, oh, who's this guy? He looks like fun. He looks like a guy that could probably produce a podcast on the ship that we get to listen to each day, <laughs> and he talks about nonsense. So he jams a screwdriver into my sleep pod. I pop out. And then it's me, Chris Pratt, and J-Law just like swimming laps, running track, planting trees, Sure, they have a falling out at a certain time. And, you know, that can be messy as the third guy. Maybe me and J-Law, I don't know. Maybe something happens there. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm the shoulder to cry on. Also, I get to hang out with that bartender robot. And, you know, I have an affinity to alcohol. So, Mm -hmm. um, and robots. So, I get to hang out (laughs) <laughs> isn't he in? Isn't that um, the same guy I think it's a, from? It's a Doctor Who guy, isn't it? I don't know. Oh. Anyways, uh, I'm hanging out with him. The spaceship saved uh, the four of us, three and a half of us, because he's not a real person. I'll hang out until we all die of old age, or one of us murders one of the other two because he's been left out of the love triangle and he's jealous and upset. I feel like you're missing. Wasn't Lawrence Fishburne like the captain? He was the other like crew member. So I guess you could still have a little bit of Matrix ties. I'll be like, Morpheus. And he's like, I don't know. I have heart disease. And then he dies. And you're like, I do appreciate you choosing a movie for best crew that you'd want to hang out with about a movie that is specific about no crew. This, here's the other part of this. They have their romance, and I just get the whole other part of the ship where I'm like, hey, guys, I'm going to read books and shoot hoops and not be bothered by any of you. So, uh, and then, And then when the ship lands, there's just me doing a solo podcast the dream i've always had tom where it's just me talking into a microphone with no guest co-host and there's i don't know conservatively based on my alcohol consumption 30 years of that um maybe 25 who knows depends just on the going out pod. into the ether of the universe yes i love that's, it that's exactly right so I'm choosing the crew of passengers. I'm not going to lie, Tom. I actually do like that movie. So I know the world turned on it, but I enjoy yeah, it. That movie's, that movie's fine. <laughs> it's fine. All right. No, thank you. I'm, I'm going first on this one. My yeah, no ahead. thank you movie or a world that I would not want to live in. Uh, 100% Mad Max Fury Road. 2015. Oh, wow. uh, I'm from the desert. We live in Arizona. Uh, so I'm, I'm okay with the desert. I'm not okay with the heat or have not having any drinkable water. I feel like I drink constantly. I need my water. Me too. I'm also not a handy guy. Uh, I feel like of the two of us, you could probably, uh, you know, swing a wrench and fix a car or two. Yep, swing I a wrench. Feel that's like what we I say. would. Hey, throw me that fall. wrench. I got to swing it. That's what we say to each other. <laughs> this is exactly why I would perish almost immediately in this world. So, no thank you, Mad Max Free Road. I don't know where you stand on that movie. I've seen it once. I don't really understand the whole aesthetic of it all, like the guys with guitars and the weird, like who who lives in this world and, and who would ever live like that? So I'm with you. It seems like a terrible place, but it's the wrong answer. Uh, the right answer is the no thank you of it all is 
Minority Report because we all want to live in a world where you can at least murder someone <laughs> if you need to. No, that's not the real answer. The real answer is a quiet place, Tom. Uh, a quiet place is a big no thank you for me. The mm. Although it would be really quiet and there wouldn't be many children around. So, <laughs> hmm. No, I'm going to stick with a quiet place. It seems terrible. Honestly, watching that movie and like... I think something John Krasinski did well in terms of like upping the stakes without making it like exploitive is bringing the kids into it. Cause a lot of times mm-hmm. when you're like in a apocalyptic or like end of the world type situation, they, they don't bring like kids into it. It's just like a lone person or, and I don't know, something I think the quiet place did well as a movie in order to up the stakes. Certainly. Mm-hmm. As someone who has to take care of children, uh, is bring that in, and I just I, this would be a world where I would be a big a big no thank you. Um, yeah, no, I like it. Although you do love like playing the drums and the guitar and you know building uh, playgrounds and stuff like that, so I would imagine this would be tough. Yeah, just living quietly. Mm-hmm. I hate building playgrounds, Tom. There's <laughs> one thing you should know about me: I'm in the process of it, and I hate it. So that was my. That was my no thank you. Would you, so you would take yours over a quiet, a quiet place is a sci-fi movie, right? That counts. Oh, yeah, 100%. They're, they're monsters in it, man. Monsters aren't real. Did you see the second one? I never saw the second one. Yeah, watch the second one. It was fun. It's not as good as the first, but it was a lot of fun still. Got it. I like to mix it in there when I'm watching The Office, you know, just to remind me that they're a shared world. Mm-hmm. All right, last category, and then we can go to bed. Tom, in what world do you feel... I'm going first, aren't I? In what world do you feel like you would thrive in? Thanks for asking, Tom. I'll go first. You could have just um, rewarded that by saying, what world do I think I'll thrive in? But go on. Tom, not a professional. New to this. <laughs> Haven't been doing it with you for years. Podcasting, Are you my co-host? Oof. Are you my right. co-host? Yes, I am today. Uh, the world I would thrive in, uh, I will go with my top choice, even though I had several... I'd be a great dinosaur, was what I was going to say. But you got to grow up. I just wanted to grow up to be a dinosaur. That's stepbrothers, right? Oh, man. All right. Equilibrium, Tom. Equilibrium is a movie I've been waiting to talk about. Uh, This is Christian Bale, uh, Tay Digg, Sean Bean. Just some. This was like the nerd independent studio matrix attempt i guess i mean Mm -hmm. they didn't have nearly the budget but for those of you that haven't watched it go watch equilibrium it's a great movie this is a world i would absolutely thrive in i would be an incredible cleric i would run around (laughs) i would make sure anything that evokes emotions in people was either burned or destroyed i would find someone laughing or crying and then i would send them to the gulag uh, I love big pharma. I mean, you got to take a drug once a day so that you don't have emotions. I honestly, I don't even know that I would need the drug. I think I'd be like, oh, I'm good today. I feel, can I just go take out some books? Uh, I look, as we've established, great in black leather. You know, just in this one, I get to wear a long black leather coat. I don't know. This this movie's incredible. I'm joking, but I think you and I have talked about it before. I always feel like when I watch these movies, I'd be the guy that was like, yeah, I'd enlist to be part of the Empire. I'd be a pretty good stormtrooper, <laughs> good benefits, that sort of thing. So yeah. I'm going with I'd thrive in equilibrium as a cleric. And there's no such thing as being a bad person in it because there's no emotions. So yeah, no, I'd you're good. Doing my I job. like it. Yeah, it's very like, was it Orwellian? What's like 1984, Fahrenheit 451, yep. the idea of just burning everything that is considered, I guess, art or whatever or brings it emotion. emotion because out of emotion comes war and violence. Mm. So we get rid of those things we don't feel, and everything goes to normal, and everything's good. In fact, I'm going to watch this movie again, because just <laughs> talking about it. I mean, Sean Bean is incredible in it. He's quoting Yates. <laughs> don't spoil it for people, Tom. <laughs> yeah, it's a Sean Bean. He, we like, know he's not going to survive the movie. Tread softly, for you tread on my dreams. I mean, just mm. just incredible. Christian. This may have been my first experience with Christian Bale, if I'm being honest because i think this was before batman but anyways where where are you thriving tom if it's not equilibrium with me you being the tay digs to my Mm -hmm. christian bale 
Well, like we said earlier, I feel like I'm a tech nerd. I would very much thrive in a world that is full of tech. Um, I also feel like I'd be really good at like a computer that has some sort of like finger hand waving type user interface. Uh, I'm going with minority report. Nice. Nice. I like it. <laughs> I feel, yeah, having a world that doesn't have murder sounds like a good idea. How we get no murder doesn't sound like a great thing of like taking three cogs or whatever they're called, precogs that, uh, I don't know, are tortured into seeing death all the time. I'm not going to focus on that part. I'm going to focus on the cool technology. And I, w- I still want to get me one of those computers that allows me to move my hands and twist them and zoom in and out. I love those little eye robots. I think I'll make like an army of those little eye scanning robots just to, uh, I don't know, feed me food and clean my dishes and stuff. But uh, fun world. <laughs> I I'm can't going. believe you bre- you believe in pre-crime. This I can't. <laughs> People should be able to commit crimes, Tom. What if they want to change? They what can... if they're going to change their mind at the very last moment and they're like, nope, pre-crime. That's what they all say. That's what yeah. they all say. That's why they get the halo, man. I and don't... it's not pre. I mean, it's pre-crime, but it's pre-murder. They don't. They, you can do petty crime as much as you want. Steal from a local grocery store. I don't know. Do those drugs? Those cool little like whippet drugs that he was doing. Sure. Watch watch your son on some sort of weird three D disc thing that is apparently still around in those days. So I'm in. All I'm right. No report, baby. All right. You've got me in when you said I could do minor crimes, maybe not the <laughs> majorest of ones. What's funny is the blonde guy that's one of the cops with him, the actor's name is Neil McDonough, something mm-hmm. like that. He's Buck Compton and Band of Brothers. Um, yeah. Band of Brothers. He's also in Justified. We just finished the season with him in it, and that actor's great. I wish he was in more things. He's in Yellowstone, too. But anyways, uh, good pick. I, I like it. I do think you would you would thrive. You would thrive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As a bonus, Tom, and I did not bring up this category earlier, but I'm bringing it up now. As you were looking through these movies, did you discover there was like a sci-fi movie out there that you had not seen, that you would choose, that you were curious about? Two, yeah, two came across my list. One is, I mean, it's the number one movie that I've seen on a handful of lists, which is 2001 A Space Odyssey. And it's, you know, Stanley Kubrick. It's supposed to be incredible. I felt like I tried to watch this a handful of years ago. And it took so long to get going. Like every scene just went on forever. And I was just, I, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't get into it. So maybe one of these days I'll, I'll put it on and, and watch it all the way through. There's another one I saw called Brazil, apparently a 1985 movie directed by Terry Gilliam, uh, Gilliam, excuse me, who did like Body Python, 12 Monkeys, Fear and Loathing in Vegas. It, it seemed like just the, the box art of it, the tagline we talked about, um, an Orwellian fantasy with audaciously dark comedy filled with strange imaginative visuals. It just seemed trippy and was pretty high on, on the sci-fi list that I saw. So have you ever heard of that movie or, or seen it? Uh, I have not seen that one, have not heard of it. I'm with you on 2001 A Space Odyssey. That one I started and there's like a long one as they're like mm-hmm. going through the spaceship in the beginning. And I think I fell asleep. And then <laughs> yeah. I know that how the computer talks and bad things happen, but I don't. Uh, Kubrick's just too weird for me. Like, I mean, The Shining right. was, was good. The I Shannon. mean, uh, The Shannon the boy, Shannon. you want us to get sued? <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know. The guy's just a whack ball, like the way he directs and makes his people do scenes like a hundred times until he feels like he got it exactly right. It's just, I don't know. It's goofy, but I mean, it's it's clearly a, an art to what he does and people love it. So, I mean,. Like The Sopranos for TV shows, I feel like at some point I need to do myself a, a service and, and actually watch it all the way through. It's not terribly long. It's like two hours and 19 minutes, which by today's standards is a short film. 
man. Bring back the 90-minute movie. I like the streaming mm-hmm. services that are like, here are the 90-minute movies, and you're like, great. I'll make it through at least half of this before falling asleep. The only one I was going to mention, Tom, was I have not seen Blade Runner 2049, the Ryan Gosling, I guess. It's not a remake. It's a sequel to Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. I have not mm-hmm. seen that one. I know it is like well done. I think it's the same director that did Dune, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, Dennis Villanova. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's the one. No, no, no. I'm glad you tried it because <laughs> I was not going to. Um, but I, I think it's supposed to be good, but it's also like a three-hour-long movie, and that's what has mm-hmm. stopped us short, I think, at uh, different times. But I, um, yeah, I'm going to give that one a go. One, one other one I wanted to mention, just one that I think we've both seen, and I would like to recommend it because I don't know if it just didn't hit people's radar and it would have been during prime our like age of watching these movies but it's sunshine which is a danny boyle movie it was 2007 it's the one where the sun is going out and they have to reset it and it's got cillian murphy and rose byrne chris evans in it and they're the crew that's been sent out to restart (laughs) the sun and it is a really fascinating movie like very trippy, very moody, but like some cool action, a lot of guys stuck on a spaceship for a long journey, and it looks like it might be a one-way ticket, all that stuff. So just uh, but you haven't you haven't seen it though. This is just one that pop looked. No, interesting. no, no. I have. I've seen it once. I thought okay. you and I had talked about it previously, but I would highly recommend it. It was one that I considered talking about for different categories, and it's one I was not. I only saw it in the last couple years for the first time and i just don't know how i missed it but it is quite good tom i think the next ones we do are going to be horror i think we're going to do a horror desert island and i'm just not going to pick anything that's that's going i was going to say be. i'm not a huge horror guy we talked about this on the house of usher pods that we did uh it's fine like it's but it's not it's not a genre i grew up on yeah you mentioned the shinin and i just picked that one but i wouldn't watch it it would just be on my island <laughs> i'd use it as a coaster for my coconut water um <laughs> anyone that came by be like oh did you want to borrow it because i'm not going to watch it um so anyways send us your choices we'd love to hear from you it's fun to see what other people are thinking and don't feel like because we chose it you should not choose it when you send Mm -hmm. us our choices much like i stole two of tom's from the 90s (laughs) movies you guys can choose the same ones as us we like when people agree with us but we love more when people disagree so tom what did i miss uh yeah follow us on the socials you had mentioned the team binge podcast at gmail but we have social we have twitter we have instagram at team binge or team binge podcast uh if you enjoy our show and like it please tell your friends or go on the podcasting app like apple Podcasts and leave us a review uh let us know that we're doing a great job only five stars if you're gonna leave us four or less jog on but uh otherwise it's uh, been fun we we're probably gonna get a new show there's a lot coming out here in november So I think we're close to finalizing what we are going to do for our next episodic pods. Keep in touch. Follow us on those socials, and we'll let you know here soon. Wonderful. I have been Julian. And I have been Tom. Until next time, everybody.